Hey, so quick disclaimer here. If you haven't listened to the Sexcapade episode, which is this one, it was my first time. I didn't know where it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know where it was. So she was like, I was like, you know, we're making out and all that. And I told her, I'm like, take me home, baby. That's what I told her. And the Help She's Pregnant episode, which is this one. Fight, you read like this. I go face, hold oh, damn. I go, hold oh, damn. Because if I go straight, it's blood that you see. I go, hold oh, wow. damn, like this. Man, that was be And then you go see. Next thing you can see is droplets of blood first before you now eventually uh-huh. see the urea. You just might not understand what we're talking about in this episode. So, I would advise you go back to those two episodes, then come back to this one to listen before you get the entire picture. But if you have listened to those episodes, then you are in for a ride. I would advise you get your headphones, AirPods, anything you can put in your ears because this is about to take you in a whole different dimension. You might need to fasten your seatbelt and grab your popcorn. My name is Femi Bakes, and this is Letters to Boys Podcast. She she just called me and I was like, she has not seen me stuff again, and this is the second month. So, okay, worst case scenario, get his trip and let's know what's up. And she did, I think twice, if I'm not mistaken, twice. And the results came back positive. That was the voice of Larry you just heard. A linguist, lazy writer, rusty bassist, (laughs) premium voice of a talent, a photographer, and an amazing human being. Larry was kind enough to share his story. Initially, he wanted to go anonymous, but we thought about it and we said, you know what, it. So we're gonna do this story in a very different way, in a unique way, something you're not used to. I need to imagine this was a Hollywood flick, a Hollywood blockbuster movie produced by us, me and you, right? So close your eyes. And let me take you on a journey. You ready? Based on an incredibly true story. A story of love, life, and pain. Letters to Boys presents Baby Mama Drama. just called me over the phone and was like she had not seen her period and it was almost the second month she had missed it the previous month so so the thing is she was treating something at the time so we just assumed that why she missed that first one was probably because of the effects of the drugs or something you know, some of these drugs have this whole hormonal change, whatever. 
So we just assumed. Until the second month, she was like, this stuff did not come again. So by that time, she had left the town where we were and gone for our youth service. And, <laughs> and um, she, she just called me and I was like, she has not seen this stuff again, and this is the second month. So, okay. Worst case scenario, get his trip and let's know what's up. And she did, I think twice, if I'm not mistaken, twice. And the results came back positive. Though the story was a, or is a very peculiar one because. I used to pride myself in my withdrawal game was fire. It was fire. Like I would like, I would like say I was coming and I would not know when to pull it out. And it was just that silly. So, and up until today, I told her the same way I'm saying it that I don't I don't remember ever coming inside her. Do you get? So I was like, I know this this could not be happening. I know. But when it happened that she said that was the way it was. I said, okay, no problem. Go to camp. And come back when you get back we'll know what to do from there and by the time <laughs> by the time she, she returned from camp she was beginning to look like yes there was stuff in there so we just decided okay we'll know or look for how to tell our folks it was just it was just funny but then i was like man you since it's my stuff i have to deal with it so I decided to take the bull by the horn. And I think after that point, the next thing we did was a scan or something. And at the time, she was about four months gone. So even if we were contemplating or we thought about taking it out, it was a tad too late because from the scan thing that we saw, we could see that the baby parts aside from in. At least we could tell this with the hands and legs and all of that. So that was pretty much how it happened for me. For every guy, or for most guys, right, when they hear the words, I missed my period or I am pregnant, there's like this, all of a sudden, there's this cold they feel. Even if the weather is very, very hot, there's this cold from within. They start shivering all of a sudden. Like... <laughs> <laughs> when she told when she said you know that she had missed her period what was the first thing running through your mind what were the things running through your mind how how did you feel take uh, us back to that point so this lady in question was two years ahead of me school so she was going for service while i was just going to 300 level so i was torn in between feeling guilty and feeling regret and what would happen or not happen how to tell my folks now how to tell my fellowship people because at the time i was an executive in the, in the campus fellowship so it was in between what would people say what have i gotten myself into how do i go about this my life is good i was going to drop out it was just a myriad of of feelings and thoughts and what have you it was crazy i just had to call one of my friends and told him guy yeah, this was what happened dude he was like how did you get yourself into this kind of mess now well, i thought you had left this girl and this was yeah that was pretty much what happened i was i didn't even know if i felt good i, I can't remember if i felt good but i know i had tons of thoughts in my head so friends are actually easier to deal with in this kind of scenario but 
I'm wondering, how did you tell your parents? What exactly did you tell them? So we went for the scan. We saw the development and everything and whatnot. And she was to return to where she was posted to in the north as Tayaba State. And um, I had to tell somebody who was like a big brother to me because I, I was staying in his place at the time. Of course, he scolded me and everything too, but I was like, oh, man, so it's like this. We can't just close our eyes or fold our arms and just watch. How was I going to tell my folks and all of that? So fortunately, I had a job, a photography job that I had to come to Lagos to do. I think that was second or third week of that January. So it was myself and this big brother that came all the way from Milorin to Lagos to do the job. So we're like, after we finished the job, we would branch home before returning to Lorraine together. So he was the one who came to help me <laughs> deliver <laughs> my bad news. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. It was, it was crazy. It was, it was so crazy. So I, I felt like just jumping out of my skin and evaporating into thin air. Like we just sat, I just sat there with my dad and my mom. And like, this was what happened. And prior to that time, there was some sort of, some sort of drama had happened about this lady in question. And in my parents' mind, they were like, I was done. We have, we're not talking, we're not seeing or any of those things. Then we now had to come home and talk about she was pregnant. Hmm. So you can imagine how my folks must have flipped, especially my mom. Like she flipped. <coughs> she flipped, totally flipped. I was like, what kind of nonsense is that? Yada, 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 everything. Funny enough, my dad, I even thought was going to, was going to go gaga on me. Probably just, he just decided to be manly about the stuff. And I was like, okay. He didn't even say much. My mom was, she was boiling. Like, she, you could see her literally heating up. Like, she just, she just broke out. Sweat just broke out from her brows and everything. Hmm. She was boiling. I, I didn't even know how to handle it. I didn't even know what to say. I couldn't even say anything for myself. But I, I can't even imagine having to tell them by myself because I, I don't even think I've ever developed the balls to <laughs> to tell them with my own words or with my own mouth and this is what I have done or this was what I did as the case is. How old were you at this time? Uh, I was 24 heading to 25. She was how old? She was my age mate she was funny enough she was two months older than i am was that your first time was that the first time you guys actually had sex and was that the no first time? it wasn't the first time now let's 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 track back um how long were you guys dating for oh well i wouldn't call it dating oh you were was it friends with benefits or like a situationship kind of thing ah okay i think i would rather the word situationship okay. but it was a very very terrible situationship very terrible one is he had plenty drama plenty drama around it we're just having an affair we're not really dating and stuff because i because think, I think i'll have to <laughs> I'll, I'll have to i have to backtrack so that you can get the full picture all right, all right so what happened is she used to be my roommate's babe okay yeah and um 
somehow, 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 I that I cannot exactly explain. We just started making out. Oh, okay. And he found out, hit the fan. My folks were involved. Wow. Fellowship was involved. It was it was a very, very big mess. Very, very big mess. So even after all of that happened, I left staying with that, my roommates. Had to go stay somewhere else. So in my mind of mind or in my folks' mind, they were ex- they expected okay, that was the end of that saga. But no, we still kept staying and we still kept smashing ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a good way to put it. Yeah, because that was what it was. That was what it was. It was a series of serious smashing. I, I don't even know what I was high on at the time or I don't even know I Thinking about it now, if it's as if something was wrong with my my head, because man, it was a series of of serious serious sex capades, so to say. So there wasn't no love involved, nothing. No. Uh, at some point, we we you know when you you live in a lie to a, to an extent, the lie starts to become your truth, you know. So. Somehow, somehow, we we sort of told ourselves we were in love, and um, <laughs> things just happened the way it happened, and we we just came together through the wrong means, but we actually had something for each other. That was what we chose to tell ourselves, and we we're hoping uh, we're going to be we're going to be fine. We'll weather the whole storms together and whatnot. So, so, but now in retrospect. You know, it was it was nothing short of grade one lost. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what it is. It's grade one lost, nothing more. How did the church authorities hey, take it? Funny enough, at the time that happened, I had stopped attending the campus fellowship I attended after because the first drama about myself and her and my folks being involved when my friend caught us and all of that already involved the campus fellowship. So it was a very, very big, big taint on the image of the campus fellowship. It was, it was like an unspoken judgment or something. I just withdrew and stopped attending the fellowship altogether. There wasn't much drama from church in school. It was church at home. That was, it was something else. My, my pastor got to know, the sister pastor got to know, and the sister pastor was more like my big brother too. He was super, super disappointed. Like the only thing he could not do that period was to break my head. <laughs> Fortunately for me, somehow the news did not get out like that, except I miss those who were really close to me. So, and the campus fellowship that were taking the major heat had already taken the preheat. So there was really not. There was there wasn't much bashing and bashing like that from church. It was just it was just my my folks and the way the antecedents that had happened prior to that pregnancy story. I'm sure both of you like had the conversation that okay, cool. You're gonna be a daddy, right? And she's gonna be a mommy. Yeah. Oh, okay, awesome. Now, nine months into it. What was what was your where was your mind at when you said that, eh? Oh more. Oh man, no be joke. What was going through your mind at that point? So it was it was plenty of things. At some point, she had to leave Taraba State where she was serving to come live with me in school. What? Yes. 
because there was no but she was far away like far up north there was no family no folk nobody around to take care of her she wasn't she had not started her prenatal treatment and all of those things so i could not just bear to leave someone's daughter like that with my child inside of her without care and anything what 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 would i say if anything had happened to her so i was like okay you know what you just have to come back to learning so at least would take care of ourselves i mean we're practically the only ones there for ourselves actually there was nobody there's nobody my mom would not even have anything to do with me she did not after that day i told her she did not talk to me for like straight three months like she did not even call me she didn't even call me so there was nobody to say i could fall or rely on for help or something so i just had to face it we were together even to, <laughs> to the point where we had a delivery scare one morning like that we just woke up and saw water on the bed i was like as the water broke control through i mean it's film trick <laughs> 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 i mean it's film trick <laughs> she was there in my house i was going to school and coming back and taking care of a pregnant woman search got show your boys back in school they they knew that the babe was in the house they knew that you were taking care of it like a pregnant yes woman. yes Yes. Did they did they mock you? Did they mock you? Because I know guys can no one to ask them sometimes. They'll be like, ah, ah daddy baby, daddy junior. Ah, ah. Okay, the thing is, I actually don't have plenty of male friends. Oh, okay. So I I I had more female friends. And you know, they they couldn't judge me too much. Mm. Sure you understand. They could not judge me too much because they were like ah. Is, is our friend you just have to support him i don't now know if they were saying stuff behind me or i don't mm. know but i mean nobody did that to my face nobody actually mocked me or anything like that so it was very very few people very i do i don't have so many friends as such so it was very people i think i had only two male friends that I could call my friend friends yeah at the time and both of them knew and there was nothing they could do they just scolded me i was like guy like how did you misbehave like this and this mess up was through this and all of that and everything and that was that was it so the next thing was what's the way forward how are we going to do it mm. that was basically what it was for me nobody actually came and said ah you know go misbehave baby, baby and all those <laughs> things nobody did that to me I'm actually curious though, because the regular practice that we see with a lot of guys, especially when she comes and says, I'm pregnant, is whether or not they are sure that they are the owners of the baby, they just deny blatantly <laughs> and they run away. Now, for you, what exactly fueled the responsibility, the sense of responsibility that you knew that you had to? handle all of these things why didn't you run away i honestly cannot say i just felt like it was best accepted than to live in denial because if yeah if i had chosen to live in denial i would have just been in a bubble it would not change the fact that there was a baby in her and the baby was growing and i chose to believe that i was the only one doing this machine <laughs> it, it just had to be me <laughs> you know it just had to be me. I just felt it don't happen, it don't happen. All then I die. Let's face it once and and be done with it. Were you were you actually there when she gave birth? Were you in the hospital? 
Yes, I was. Oh, please run us through that experience. I'm, I'm interested. I had gone into that delivery room with the hope of creating content, so to say. <laughs> so to say. That I wanted to record because the moment she started contracting and all of that, I had to quit everything I was doing for that day. I was actually on my way out. Before I go and call that, she was facing contractions and whatnot. And I think it's time. And it was actually around the EDD, that's the expected delivery date, we were given according to the scan. So I had to come back home, pick her up, and go to the hospital. So while we were there, the contractions kept coming stronger. He said, no, she had not, she said, she had not, that not dilated and all of those things. And I was there, petting her, massaging her back, and all of those things. So I took pictures, I made videos, and all of those things. So I prepared myself that. He'll deliver you something, I will make recordings and all of that. But man, when I stepped into that place, <laughs> oh, like my hand was inside the pocket of my jeans and it was just vibrating there. I could not even bring the phone out because I was like, like, how will somebody be going through this much pain? And I could not stand the sight of blood, mm. but I just had to be there. Because even those those nurses and midwives don't even let me do even let me be. So I have to be there. To be. <laughs> you know, it was like they knew these guys were young and they just misbehaved. So yeah. it was like it was more of we have to torture this, torture you and put sense into your head. You have to see this whole process. Yeah. That was what I think I like to think that was what they were doing. They're like, no, I have to be there. I have to be there. And I was there and I was just shivering. I just stood there looking, seeing her cry and seeing the baby come out. It was a life-altering moment for me. So what changed at that point? First off, I saw women in a different light. Like I, my respect for women just went off the roof from that day. Because what I saw in that... <laughs> in the labor room. What I saw in that delivery room that evening was uh, women are down another another level entirely. I just respected them and saw them in a different light. And I, I was there and I was asking myself, so how would somebody go through this much and you can, or you see how this happened or how a child is being, uh, was giving birth to or something and you can hold a gun and shoot another person. You can pick up a knife and stab another human. like. Do, do these people even know how it is? Do they even know what it takes to to put forth life? Mm. Like a lot of things were going through my head that evening. One part of me I was scared, another part was optimistic because at some point the nurses came and said um, the baby wasn't kicking anymore Whoa. because she had been in labor almost twelve hours before then. Mm. So. The baby wasn't kicking. He said he was tired and he was not making, he was not even moving, he was not responding, he wasn't doing anything. I said, eh? Were you, were you scared or happy at that point in time? I was scared, dude. Dead, like shit, scared. I was like, okay, so after all this trouble I've gone through, I practically put together all of my allowance, every job, like every money off the jobs I did and everything to prepare stuff, clothes, all those baby things and all of that, hospital bills and everything. I had gone through all of this much to not have a dead child. 
ah i said no <laughs> this cannot be happening <laughs> so i actually i just ran out i picked the phone and called my dad so this is what they are saying no i said the child is not moving that is is tired or is not responding is not kicking is not you just you just try to calm me down and say no don't worry nothing will happen she'll be fine i said okay she, she better be she better be fine <laughs> me that i was supposed to be feeling bad that i brought an unwanted grandchild i was telling him over the other she better be she had she had, she had better be fine that the child be okay you know now you a dad now you were like you were <laughs> you were proper dad like officially daddy baby <laughs> oh, what, what, what was that like i said i felt a bit proud of myself i mean how many guys will own up to impregnating a girl and go ahead and do all the everything that's right for her take care of her and all of that to the point of delivery i mean i felt proud of myself i mean i'll be man yeah you know you know i i felt proud of myself then i felt scared at some point that okay dude you're still in school mm-hmm. as at the time when she gave birth i just ran it off my 300 level i was saying okay this is 400 level here we come so it was a mix of pride joy and fear fear of, of um, an uncertain future fear of uh, what could happen and what could not and all of those things my folks just decided to be there for me they practically took it up and took her and the child in like they were theirs so they just said the only consolation they needed from me was that i came out with a very very good results mm-hmm. that was the only consolation they needed from me first class yes that was what they were saying no, that's what Bobsy was saying no. that the only consolation would be that i graduated with the first class that they would take off the whole trouble of fatherhood and taking care of a child for me and all of that so she was practically in my folks house with the baby being taken care of and everything by expert hands while i had to face what was in front of me in school of which my result was never close to a two two safe i mean it's one <laughs> are you that. serious <laughs> i'm telling you telling you it wasn't even close i was like how do i want to pull this off like at the end of the day there'll be no consolation <laughs> there'll be no consolation <laughs> you guys are just do your own for doing sick you can't say follow on you know <laughs> that, that was what it was bro. that was what it was you know so i did i did not really have to bother about the whole purpose thingy like that though i took the heat for it because i could not call home and ask for allowance so is any time i saw something i saw it in any year any if i see a lot glory to god if i don't see we move so i had to hustle on the sides and study and everything and it was a very tough period in my country goodness <laughs> it wasn't funny what, what are you, like your best moments with with the baby there were many there were many because i i tried as much as possible to curate memories you know seeing him smile all of those things you know uh, funny things pictures videos recordings and all of that so i'd say when he started teething when he started teething one 
then I think when he started crawling and picking and throwing things about the house too was one of those I you know I I'll just look at him and be like oh, wow it's a daddy like this with this little boy smiling and doing well and you know <laughs> you know it was it was it was cute the way you know it was cute the way then his first steps and when he started to talk again I was really and he was such a sweet boy he was such such a sweet boy he had this very cute voice yeah sounded like a girl's voice very cute boy so all of those things like there are a lot of really really interesting and fun moments till okay till did the baby die till what exactly till i guess you have to find out on the next episode yeah Big up to Larry for being vulnerable and sharing his story. It was a tough conversation to have, but I really appreciate you, Larry. Thank you so much. This episode was produced and edited by my humble self, Femi Bakes. Big ups to Favo, Naima, Damilari, and Bology for always holding it down. Also, major shout out to Mayowa Oduwaye for helping structure this conversation. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, the Podroom app, the Jamit app and any of your favorite podcasting platforms okay kindly like rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcasting apps give us a five star because it will help more people to be able to find this show if you love us please do this for us this episode is meant for both the virgins and non-virgins everybody literally so kindly do us a favor by sharing to someone whom you know will get value from this episode on all social media platforms you can find us at letters underscore number two underscore boys with a Z. Abstinence is still the surest way to protect yourself from any form of STI or pregnancy scares or whatever can come from unprotected sex, right? Plus, don't forget to get yourself tested if you're sexually active and you know that you're same pure. Brothers, wisdom is profitable to direct. Use your head. And thanks for rocking with us. Let us to boys, ayy. Let us to boys, ayy. From the boys, by the boys, with the boys, ayy. Let us to boys, ayy. Let us to boys, ayy. From the boys, by the boys, with the boys, ayy. I will see you on the next episode, alright? Peace. Letters to Boys Season 2 is produced with support from PRX and the Google Podcast Creator Program.